Welcome to Strong in Six, a podcast where you get the answers to what's bugging you the most as an entrepreneur and leader. I'm Sue Hawks. I've been an entrepreneur since fifth grade, and I know how hard it is to run a business. That's why I want to help you make it easier. This episode is starting with the vision component, starting with my first call. So let's get to it. My name is Crystal Mazura, and I am the owner and CEO of The Branded Collective. So we're a relatively new marketing agency, and we're looking to define our ideal client and then figure out exactly how to reach them. We're not looking for complete luxury that's unaffordable. We're also not looking to be the most affordable. We really want to find a sweet spot in between, but there's a huge range there. And so how do we find, how do we define who our ideal client is? And then how do we go about finding them? This is a really common question that people have regarding how do you define that and really narrow it in so it doesn't become generic. Instead of hearing my answer as a consultant and an outsider, I'd rather have you hear from my friend, Brad Connick, CEO of Prime Staff, because he's going to give you real world answers. This is Brad. Hey, Brad. It's Sue. How are you? Hi, Sue. Coverage down here by home has just turned so poor. It has always been good, and now it's been well below average, but... Well, you know what? We are flexible people and we want this to be real. And part of real is calls drop. Things happen. I have a landscaper outside right now and I'm waiting for some kind of shenanigan to occur with them. After many dropped calls, what felt like 500, Brad and I finally hit our groove. He dove into his business journey from the very early days where he was more of a micromanager and did trial and error to living and breathing his company's core purpose. Oh, might have lost you yet again. Okay, maybe third time's the charm. (laughs) I think so. All right, so here's my question for you. As the visionary, I am sure the vision is always clear in your head, but how did you get it crystallized with your team and then share it with the rest of your organization over time? Give me a few of your struggles, ahas, anything that comes to mind in that process. I think, you know, as much as uh, as a visionary, I'd like to believe that I could step back and be this sort of wizard of Oz and, and be, be all, <laughs> know all and, and be able to just project this vision out to the team and immediately have buy-in and they all start crying and cheering and all of this. I think that for me, it's always been very important to understand the employee's perspective, mm-hmm. where they're coming from, what drives them. And what I feel happened originally when, you know, when we brought EOS in and we started to create the vision was as we tried to get feedback from the employees, I I realize now that they, they kind of told us what they thought we wanted to hear. We had a bit of a dysfunctional culture that Mm -hmm. when things were, when things were going well, Tom and I were rah, rah, cheering, let's go to happy hours. Let's, you know, go on incentive trips and such. But then when we would struggle for a quarter or two, 
it was kind of the Jekyll and Hyde effect. And yeah. then we'd be on them. We'd be on them. And we got to work longer hours. And we got to make more calls. And we'd start, we'd start to micromanage. And so it just, it was a little bit psychotic. So we bring in this director. She immediately creates this buffer. She says, amazing advocate for our employees and we start to get this true raw feedback from our employees about what drives them and what motivates them and and so with that over about a two three month period of getting an understanding of really where the employees are coming from she and tom basically said all right brad this next quarter you the only thing we want you to do is to spend time away from the office away from the day-to-day and figure out where this company's going and what the vision is going to be. Mm-hmm. And so I stepped away. So with that, um, you know, again, I guess talking to your, your question about how the, the, the vision evolved and how we were able to push it out to the employees is I ultimately realized that, you know, it wasn't just about working hard. It wasn't just about making money. There was something more. And so our vision ended up being based around our core purpose, which is to positively impact people's lives. Mm-hmm. And with that, it means our candidates, our clients, our community. And so we took the feedback from the employees. We looked back at where the company originated from and pushing that vision out to the employees, knowing that a big part of it was inspired by their passions and what they believed in and what they wanted this company to be about, that's where the buy-in came from. And then that's where we're able to get everyone rowing in the right direction. It was this combination of getting a director in place, letting go of the vine, uh, delegating and elevating, uh, creating an opportunity for open, honest feedback and input. And it all culminated in, you know, this beautiful core purpose that everyone is behind and we speak to it we live it we breathe it day in and day out uh positively impacting people's lives so we love it so the what i heard you say though brad is having another person who wasn't one of the owners mattered i heard getting the real feedback from employees i heard you getting the perspective to really step away and go deep into your heart because I remember when you guys did your um, core values, you know, there were tears in your eyes. They really, really mattered, as did your core purpose. And so to hear you living it in such a powerful way is just awesome. You know, we've had our ups and downs, and it's so easy to get sucked into uh, just focusing on just that. And so we were always so, you know, everything was about the numbers and the metrics and profitability and 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 gross profit and she said she said there's something bigger inside of you i know it she said this is not about money for you there's something bigger and so one that challenge two the ability to step back um and actually take time away from from Mm -hmm. the business the employees seeing me back away seeing me take a deep breath and relax and not be worried about the day-to-day, week-to-week, and, 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 and take a higher level, how are we doing on a quarterly basis, how are we doing on an annual basis, but more importantly, 
how are we doing and are we living and breathing our core purpose and our vision that's been built around positively impacting people's lives? They see it in me. They see the arms raise on uh, the hairs on my arms raise when I talk about it. They see me mm-hmm. tear up. They see me get choked up and they have to buy in. And the people that haven't have we've moved them out. They I can see it in the interview process when I describe our vision and our core purpose. Yeah. If they don't have an immediate uh, reaction to it and give a uh, almost an example or a reason why that hits home with them, I know they're not the right person for our organization. Simply brilliant. Um, what I really, really appreciate, Brad, number one, your time. Number two, your humility for just telling it straight as it is, because I know how much this matters to you, having worked with you guys. Yep. And I need to real quick, I mean, Sue, at the end of the day, if we didn't start this journey seven years ago, and it's evolved, like we're not, you you know, we're not the the perfect blueprint for EOS and traction, and we don't follow every detail like we did maybe for the first three or four years. But at the end of the day, I mean, we simply would not be the organization that we are without EOS as as, as a roadmap. So... Uh, EOS has, has made it, it has made it all possible. Uh, we were sailing in the dark before uh, EOS. So thank you uh, for uh, all you've done, and I appreciate you uh, you know giving me some time here today to to tell a part of our story. So Brad's story is not a unique one when it comes to EOS because he was able to take that journey and really live the core purpose of the business, which involves living your core values, living your core focus, and making that his mission and purpose central to the vision of the company. You know when you're in your business too much, you're in the doingness of it. And if you're a visionary, the best, highest, most valuable use of your time is propagating the vision, living that out in the world inside of your business as well as externally. If you're mired in the thick of things, you've got to get clear on what that purpose is to be free. Jamie Munoz, visionary and integrator at Catalyst Integrators, is expert at casting vision for your team that overflows into your ideal target audience. Hello. Hello, is this Jamie? Hey, Sue. Hey, Jamie, how are ya? I'm good, how are you doing, lady? So you've heard from Brad Connick about what it's like looking back. Now let's talk to someone who's in the throes of it, the thick of things, about how do you figure this out when you just don't know. Let me just launch into our question and we'll let it morph from there. How do you get clear on your vision and how do you translate that to your team? Oh my gosh, this is such a, I mean, such a fun question. So, I mean, you know, it starts with, the visionary, right? And I really think that it comes down to a few things, right? So it's having the time and space to really be able to think and kind of unpack and be able to step away, right? If you're kind of in day to day, it makes it hard for you to ever elevate out and get inspired, you know? So I really think like the first thing is, and and it's taking time away from the office, right? It's like going on a vacation or going, which to me means, you know, you're doing a little bit of working while you're on vacation. Only a <laughs> little. A time, 
you know, it's your time to think and like yeah. kind of explore, like let your brain wander. You know, for me, it's really rooted. I root everything from EOS life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at in terms of like, okay, am I doing what I love with people that I love, compensated appropriately, making a difference and time for other passions, right? Like so yep. if I'm clear and I can center on those things, then when I pivot over to my professional life or over to business as the visionary, it makes it easier for me to kind of create that balance. Yeah. And harmony in the two. So I mean you have to be able to create the space, you know like physical, emotional, mental space to be able to have that clarity sometimes and Mm -hmm. then in the right cadence and the right timing. So, you know, if if we're talking about coming up to something as large as like, you know, casting the future for the next year, if we're resetting at the annual or Mm -hmm. if we're looking next quarter, you know, you kind of have to tee it up based on kind of the size and where you're at in terms of timing too. You know, if you're trying to look out, you know, your three years or 10 years or whatever your next big target is and backing out of that, you've got to kind of know how you want things to feel and how you want it to look like you have to be able to like have that moment of what does this look and feel like when I get there? Because so often I talk to visionaries who didn't really consider those things and they got to where they thought they wanted to go with their vision and they get there and then they're like, Oh yeah, no, this doesn't feel like what I thought I wanted it to be like. This was not it. So I think it's having that time to think about what you want it to feel like also and, and be inspired, right? Like how are you gonna, if you're not inspired by your vision, then the rest of your team's not going to be when you talk about it. I, I love that because it's, and what you're talking about is that, you know, that 3D technicolor experience of the future that only visionaries can see before it's there and experience and create an experience for others so that they can almost step into it before it's real. Right, right. Because it's, it's multifaceted. So it's like, I'm a huge, I mean, if we were on Zoom right now, you'd see my whole background is Disney stuff. So I'm a huge Walt Disney fan. If you listen or watch, you know, Walt talk about any of his visions that he had, you know, he had, he could talk about what it would look and feel like when you were there and, and why, you know, that's a big part of this too, is being able to talk to people about why Mm -hmm. you're doing it and why those visions exist. They're not just because they sound cool or sound fun. You know, they have a purpose and an intention. So, I mean, that carries me through to like when you were asking about like, okay, so then how do you carry this through the to the team? Yeah. Well, you know, having that integrator or that second in command or a thought partner, you know, if you're if you're small, if you just are an entrepreneur and entrepreneur and you started your business, like maybe it's your spouse. You know, or maybe it's Mm. whatever partner, business partner, or, you know, as you go and grow, having those trusted people in your circle that you can talk to and kind of unpack your vision with. And that's where you start to transition it from the thoughts and the vision to actually like tactical of like, well, then how are we going to do this? You know, and keep moving it down the right path. So that way, when you do cascade it and talk to your team and bring your leadership team, bring your team members in on this you can give them the ability to engage and ask and you're going to listen to their ideas and that's how you're really going to start cultivating it. So when you know your ideal client, your ideal target market, it's a direct cousin or relative to your core focus, your purpose 
for being in the world as a business and an organization. When you know that, you can cast that vision and align your teams internally to be more effective in reaching and speaking directly to that ideal client. Especially if these are the people that are going to be making it happen. Otherwise, you're going to be in as a visionary or CEO or or at the top, like you're going to be in everything and so upset when things aren't done correctly or, you know, people don't understand your vision. So they're kind of misstepping on things and you're feeling like you're getting dragged in constantly. If you can't get them to understand it the way that you yeah. do, they're going to be pulled in. Yeah. So the long term gain of that is this doesn't take that long. Because long-term, I'm saving myself the meltdowns, the pain, the frustration, the repetition of it. Mm -hmm. And we all know that people are more bought in when they have that ability to, to question it or to ask. You know, you've got people in the room that are maybe high fact finders or higher <laughs> quick starts. Like, you know, you got to know your audience. One of my favorite things that my very first visionary and I did was we would kind of theme we would take the concepts of the vision we'll say for the year and we would tie a theme to it brilliant like one, one one year was like um forging the foundation where we were like you know what the themes of all of this this year are really like reminiscent of like we've got to get strong as a foundation we are integrating eos we are strengthening we're learning more tools we're becoming better leaders like so that way we can continue this, you know, growth trajectory that we're on. So then we did like, we did a visual VTO and we did a whole theme around it and we put up posters on the wall and we handed out stickers and little hard hat squishy balls. And, you know, we did a whole theme around the vision and wrap people into it. So people got rewarded and recognized through their accomplishments of how they helped forge the foundation so it it really drills down, you know, as far as you want to take it and in how you want to engage your team in in the process. No, this is really powerful. The repetition being the mother of learning, you know, to really speak to each human at whatever level in your organization so that they can step into it again when they may not have those same skills the visionary or the leadership team does. And the other thing I wanted to call out, I love that visual VTO and all the different ways you made it come to life. If you can't tell already, I like to do themes. So <laughs> even so like my my company's quarterly is this Friday and we're doing a Harry Potter theme. So I sent out like little, you know, we all know what Harry Potter house we're a part of. Um, so we can kind of rally oh behind God. our houses. Are you going to have a sorting um, hat or what? So we did that. Yeah, we all got sorted. So we all got houses. We've got, and again, this is a, speaks to our culture, right? I'm not forcing sure. this on. Yeah, I'm, no, no. I'm not the only one that loves. <laughs> it's not you, not you coming in costume to work. I'm starting to wonder, Jamie. Right, right. I'm not like showing up as you know Voldemort on, on the day, and everyone's like, "What the heck is happening right now?" <laughs> You know, so I sent out like little thank you, like little note cards personally to everyone on my team ahead of time with like a little, a little kit of goodies. Cause again, we're virtual. So, yep. you know, they're not in person. We don't get those little fun perks. We've got our, our presentation on Friday is all Harry Potter themed and we're going to actually roll out, um, kind of like a, 
if you're familiar with like rapid improvement plans through ownership thinking, yep. similar to that, where we're going to roll out like a themed, you know, initiative that we're going to do that's going to tie us in with like house points and things like that, that all plays in. So anyways, everybody has their own theme or vibe or whatever, you know, they want to do that's fun and engaging and keeps you tied back to that core vision of like, well, what are we trying to accomplish with this? What's the purpose of this? Well, what I love so much about you is never a lack of ideas. You are absolutely brilliant and offering so much to everybody who's listening in. And the secondary part is, you know, really dialing it in based on the people who are part of the company. It's got to be customized. It's got to be right for your crew. It's got to be something that has them step into the future before it's there as well as really, really be engaged with the process of it so that it's inspiring and engaging and fun. Thank you, Jamie, for making time. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have? No, I I mean, the only other thing that I was going to say is like, now what do you do when you get stuck, right? Yeah, go for it. You're the... If you're the visionary or if you're on leadership team or say you're like, you know, in, in charge of casting vision for your department or your team and you get stuck, you very quickly start feeling like you're on Lonely Island or like mm-hmm. something's wrong with you or like, why why don't you have the vision? You know, you start going into this imposter syndrome thinking or this mentality of like, man, you know, you start seeing other people doing things out there and it just, it twists from inspiring to like, oh my gosh. Well, I don't have that big of a vision. I can't do that. You know, right. we kind of go into our victim, our victim thinking, you know, at time, I mean, speaking for myself, it's happened to me. Um, like, what do you do when you get stuck? And, and so like, I just think about, you know, the times where I've gotten stuck, what do I do? They phone a friend, you know, I did to that today. Yes, phone a friend. Here to help. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. You know, it's like, just don't get stuck in just your own head about it. You know, talk to somebody or talk to somebody who normally inspires you um, and and hear from them. I've had issues where I've gotten, I've gotten stuck with like a roadblock. And it's like, until I solve this one issue, for some reason, it's like this mental block for me to open up my mind again to like feel like I, I can have this big vision until I solve this one little thing that's kind of like festering, I've got to figure this out first, you know, and just. It's like nothing else can happen. Yeah. You feel literally stuck and yeah, just taking the time to try to solve it. I'm a huge fan of like, I have my whiteboard, my sticky notes. I go and sit at my, my dining room table. Like I have a whole routine, you know, I'm going to go sit here. I'm going to unpack this. I'm going to IDS it, use my, my tools or my impact, impact filter or whatever call upon my right people when I need some help and, you know, just use, use those things um, when you start feeling stuck. So that way you can still, you know, open your mind back up to have those, the the visions that you need to have. Cause that's, that's your accountability. I mean, when you're in that seat, it is your account accountability to, to spend the time getting inspired and, you know, unpacking these ideas and distilling them and bringing them back to the team. So that is your, your accountability when you're the visionary. Amen. Thanks for bringing it back down to the ground and all the immensely great, helpful tips and ideas. Jamie, always a pleasure. 
so great talking to you, Sue. Can't wait till the next time I see you in person. Until then, stay awesome and intentionally great. And I'll look forward to connecting again when we can. Thank you so much. You as well. All right. Take care, friend. You too. Bye. Bye. So if you remember back to the beginning, Crystal's question was about finding her ideal marketing client. And this all relates back to vision. It's far greater than just defining that target market. It is also linked to why you exist, what you have superior skill to do, the who you are, but also being able to identify so strongly externally, that's your internal component, The external part is who are they and what makes us the unique, right, and best fit for them. Take your time, people. The problems with this and why it's difficult are we end up over-genericizing our answer and you got to do the deep, really get clear on who you are and who they are to be able to build the bridge between the two and visions at the core of all of that. Take your time, whatever you do, don't settle on your first answer. Rarely do companies get any piece of their vision right, right out of the gate, but perfect's also the enemy of done. So there's this tension, healthy tension between the two, which is get something on paper, chew on it, run it by your favorite clients and hone and refine it. Because the question becomes, how do we say it so sweetly they can't resist? Thank you so much to Crystal for the awesome question and for our resident experts, Jamie Munoz and Brad Connick. You can learn more at eosworldwide.com. Thanks for listening. Make your business awesome. Kick butt and take names. (laughs) <laughs> what what would you do? That's the most me of the three, but I'm going, I don't know. It seems important that you have a salutation. And I'm going, I don't know. Strong in Six Vision Week is powered by Birthing of Giants. Birthing of Giants helps business owners reach their goals faster and change the world. Because wherever capitalism thrives, poverty and its symptoms diminish. Every business needs a giant. Visit birthingofgiants.com.